Hey, you, dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning, the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly Zilly. We are here today in the student union. It's been a couple of weeks, but we got a new show. Joining me today is uh, Mr. Andy Bates, uh, program director at KFUO, as well as Reverend Robert Segor, who serves as the executive director of the Office of National Mission. How are you doing, Andy? Hi. Because that was my best impression of the, the chancellor. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Wow. I in, in five years of doing this show, I haven't been that shocked by uh, – that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Bob, how are you doing today? Uh, I don't have Andy's skill of <laughs> voice impression, but I'm great. I'm great. Well, I know you're great, but I hope you're doing okay, too. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyways, uh, it's great to, to be back in the student union. I know it's been a few weeks off. Um, this is going to be kind of a unique show today, and that's why I invited Andy and Bob to be on. There are going to be uh, some changes kind of taking place here. Andy, why don't you go ahead and kind of tell people what those changes are going to be and maybe take over and uh, and ask whatever whatever you might like to ask me about some changes that are being taking place for me, too. Well, Pastor Zill, it is, it's a privilege to, to get to be here on the Student Union. Thanks for inviting me to come join you in the afternoon. I'm so used to being on in the morning. Thanks for letting me be a part of the Student Union today. So I know that there are, well, the pandemic has, has created a little bit of chaos this year. I know that uh, the fall semester is a bit challenging for many students this year because it may look different than what fall semesters looked like in the past. And what does that mean for campus ministry? What does that mean for how has that impacted our congregations? And and then how has that impacted us at the at Synod as well, at the International Center? And so there are some changes coming ahead. The student union might look a little bit different. The live broadcast or the, the broadcast of student union will be sunsetting, but um, we'll continue to keep the podcast available on the, on our podcast platforms and on the KFUO website, but uh, and, and there may be new episodes coming in the future, but all the archives will remain there at kfuo.org. Um, but uh, I, I understand some things are taking uh, a new direction in your life as well, Pastor Zill. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, as you mentioned, it's kind of a screwy semester um, overseeing the social media for LCMSU. Um, I had to put a new cover photo up for our Facebook page and such, and and it shows a bunch of empty seats <clears throat> in a typical college uh, auditorium uh, classroom, and uh, all these little social distancing little things about having you know six feet between where people are sitting, and then at the top in big block letters, I put uh, "Welcome to College 2020," and then across it it says whatever that means, <laughs> and. That's really what it's it's like out there. Um, every college is different. Some have uh, have chosen to go completely online. Some are trying to do hybrid stuff. Some students have decided to stay at home. Some students are on campus. 
And of course, this has uh, had a huge impact on, on what our campus ministry looks like. And uh, in fact, nobody really knows completely how this is going to play out. The fall semester is kind of a time to kind of tweak that a little bit. And it's going to take a learning curve and some ingenuity and creativity to kind of think through how that's going to work. But of, of course, the pandemic has had a had an impact uh, on us too at, at the Senate. I guess it's it's pretty simple to say. Some people have heard this that uh, unfortunately uh, a few weeks ago the the Senate had to uh, reduce its force and and uh, eliminate a number of positions uh, from the International Center, and one of them happened to be the uh, position that I have filled as the director of campus ministry, and so. Uh, in essence, uh, this this actual sh- this show is getting recorded a, a day bef- before my last day. So, um, I've had a wonderful opportunity to serve in this way for six years. Um, I'm looking forward to. I do, I do have a call that I am considering right now uh, to get back into uh, campus ministry at the University of Arizona in Tucson, and I'm delivering that. I haven't made a final decision or haven't announced that, and there. There may be some other opportunities that, that may come up down the line for me to have a chance to continue to work with the Office of National Mission and some other capacities to continue to support campus ministry. And, you know, that's uh, really what it's always been about for me. But it also, of course, trickles down and then it has an impact on the radio show, just like everything else on campus. So uh, unfortunately, this is going to be the last show as far as a direct broadcast, but I am thrilled that we're going to um, not only keep the archives and everything there, but hopefully as I uh, get get settled on the other side of the sunset, sunrises usually follow sunsets, don't they? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that uh, maybe on the sunrise side of things, uh, we'll be able to come back and uh, and continue it. A lot of the good stuff on campus happens after sunset, Marcus. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the bad stuff too, unfortunately. <laughs> Anything you maybe want to add to that, that Bob, since the, we, we just threw that out there? Well, sure. Let me first of all say that Pastor Zill is a, is a national treasure. We, we love him. We love the work that he does. We're, we're proud of our association with him. And even though, even though everything is changing right now because of COVID, we still plan to be working with him. We've been in conversations about how he can continue to be a national voice on behalf of campus ministry and still help with with so much of the direction of this very, very vital and important mission. So you won't be you won't be hearing the end of Pastor Marcus Zell. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So. Uh... Marcus, you mentioned already that um, you have one idea. You you already have a call that you're considering deliberating, um, and that's to campus ministry. How important is it to you to to return to campus life and, and campus ministry? Um, boy, that's a much more loaded question than you might realize. Um, I've spent some time thinking about that the last few weeks. Um, I have had some other people reach out to me with you know, would you like a call here? What about a call there or whatever? And uh, my my heart has always been in campus ministry. Um, going back to the days that I was a public middle school teacher, if you want to know why I ended up weird, it's because I taught seventh graders for three years. <laughs> um, but I went to seminary wanting to be a campus pastor when I heard statistics that were pan-Lutheran. Um, 
that 90% of our young people are no longer in the church in an appreciable way by the age of 25. And I was just like, that is not acceptable. Um, I want to do something about that. And so I showed up wanting to uh, go to seminary and showed up. Uh, people would say, well, why did you decide to come? I'm like, I'm Mark Azil. I want to be a campus pastor, not, not a pastor. I want to be a campus pastor. Little did I know that they kind of were the same thing, but two different age groups and whatnot, different contexts. But I, I learned real quick that the best way to be a good campus pastor is to learn how to be a pastor and then to be able to apply that with my love and um, uh, interest in the young people of the church. And spent up two and a half years in a dual parish in rural Montana, 16 years at the University of Wyoming, and then, of course, doing this and other things along the way, like helping to found higher things and some different things like that. It's just, it's in my blood. It's, I, I don't honestly, I think I could be a pastor at a, uh, I don't even like to say normal church, because uh, I, I don't think that, that campus churches are necessarily abnormal. Uh, they're just different age groups. But I, I honestly not sure I can do anything else. I, I, th- I mean, I think I could, but I, my whole professional career has been about wanting to stand in the gap for people at this age. And especially right now, as it is uh, getting ready to uh, mark the 100th anniversary of campus ministry in the Synod, and given this an enormously crazy, weird time that we're in with the pandemic, um, I can't imagine doing anything that doesn't keep me in touch with college students. I, I don't know if I could do anything else, frankly. So I don't mean to sound dire like, you know, I, I couldn't, <laughs> you know, but I view everybody as a pre-college student, a college student, or a post-college student. So that's <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how I view it. But uh, you know, I uh, I'm an advocate for it. I, I I can't imagine not doing that in some capacity. I I think I would do it as a as a layman, even if I wasn't a pastor. So, where does campus ministry happen? Man, you are you are an author of excellent questions. Campus <laughs> ministry, I have said this all along. All campus ministry is local. It's not like you know the position that I've been privileged to to to, to serve has been wonderful as a ways of support, and hopefully we can still continue that in a number of ways going forward. But in reality, it takes people locally rolling up their sleeves and, and getting the work done. It takes someone on campus um, uh, saying, you know what, There's there, these are my neighbors over here. Every church has to ask who are neighbors. And if they're near a college, there are plenty of neighbors over there, whether it's international students, uh, community college students, um, as well as uh, students, professors. Campus ministry has always been a part of the has always been viewed as part and parcel of the entire community. And so it's all local. And so because it's all local, every context is a little bit different. And so it, things have to be applied. There is no one size fits all for campus ministry, except for this. And that's the thing I learned at seminary. Um, that if you take the two words, campus ministry, you have the ministry. Uh, you have bringing God's word and sacrament to those in a campus community. Uh, figure that words actually mean things. And so we, uh, it's not really that much harder than that. And one of the reasons why I wanted to ask, have Bob on to talk about making disciples in life on campus is because I think it ties in so well uh, with this idea, because that in reality is 
we're not just keeping some of our disciples on you know that are we're sending off as uh, as our own LCMS young people keeping them in the faith but helping them to grow in their discipleship reach out to other people and also make others um as disciples for life and a lot of that can happen on this incubator that we have of ideas that's known as the as the college campus so yeah campus ministry takes place locally and the beautiful thing that I always tell anybody that says, well, we don't have a building, we don't have a this, we don't have a that. And I'm like, but your church, when you're, you when you're the church, you have everything in your toolkit to do campus ministry. The thing that you have to get, that you have to develop is the interest and the desire uh, to roll up your sleeves and take an interest of these young people, these tremendous young people at this incredible junction in their lives. Uh, Bob, Marcus mentioned that campus ministry happens locally and, and and also mentioned making disciples for life uh what does making disciples for life mean for the local congregation tell us more about making disciples for life well making disciples for life is the synod's triennial emphasis and the office of national mission has been given special the special privilege of leading the charge on this and what we've been telling people is that our foci, the, the things that we're focusing on, are evangelizing the lost, retaining the faithful, strengthening congregations, and planting new congregations. And the thing that each of those has in common is a disciple of Jesus Christ reaching out to somebody with the gospel. And that's, that's what Marcus just described, making disciples for life is something that happens when one person talks to another, not not necessarily at all when one person builds a building so that it can happen in that venue, although that could have a piece to it. But without that actual communication of the gospel between people, none of that will ever happen. And these are the key features of what the church does as we reach out with the gospel, especially to people in great times of need. And on campuses today, there's a tremendous amount of confusion, even about whether there's anything that can be true. And we know the one true thing in the universe, God's love and the message of Jesus Christ, and God's word communicating that to a, to a fallen people who desperately need to hear it. I can't, I can't come up with a better audience than a college campus to hear that message. And so our, our emphasis making disciples for life is really an emphasis that needs to be echoed through every campus ministry in the country. Amen. It's my understanding you have your, your own campus ministry story too, right, Bob? Well, I'm a Lutheran because of a campus ministry. <laughs> I, I went to Valparaiso University, and my goal was to play football. I was the first male in my family to go to college. And on either side ever. So I really didn't know what college was. And most of the guys that I went to school with didn't go to college. We, I was kind of a city congregation and I, I grew up just outside of the project. So I, I didn't know anything, but I went to this Lutheran college and I started getting into some arguments about, about the faith with my, um, with my roommates. And the problem was I didn't know anything about what Lutherans were, except that Martin Luther had said bad things about the Pope and had married a nun. I 
grew up running. <laughs> I had no nuns. Anybody who would want to touch a nun, let alone let alone marry a nun, had to be a heretic. Maybe the devil himself. And just don't say bad things about the Pope. So I lost argument after argument after argument to these people who had to be the spawn of the devil himself. And so I got mad one day after losing an argument rather badly, and I marched over to the campus chapel and and said, I want to know everything that you can tell me about Lutherans, and I want your books too. Because <laughs> I had this picture in my mind that I was going to I was going to learn everything that there was about Lutherans. I'd know all of their faults and flaws, and then I would start winning the arguments. Well, there was a, a then vicar by the name of John Pless, who's now a professor at our Fort Wayne Seminary, and another man named Norman Nagel, who was the pastor of the chapel at the time. And those two went to work on me, and four years later, I became a Lutheran. Your plan was not going to work out well with those two, sorry to say. <laughs> well, and Pastor Pless went on to a very long career with um, with the University of Minnesota in the campus chapel up there, and and his his ministry resulted in many, many, many people going into the various ministries of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the pastoral mm. ministry, the teaching ministries, the deaconess ministries, DCEs, music directors of parish music, and so on. It it was a big, impactful life, and mm. I I at least get to sort of wave my hand in the air and say, "Yeah, but I was first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's if I could jump in here, um, you know, John Pless, uh, when I was uh, when I showed up at seminary saying, uh, hey, I want to be a campus pastor. All I heard was, you need to talk to John Pless. And I'm like, where is he? <laughs> They're like, well, you got to call him up. He's in Minnesota. And so that was how my relationship with John started as well. And I've always told people that uh, ever since that moment, uh, that the reason why I got involved in campus ministry um, were the Holy Spirit and John Pless, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly which order. <laughs> so, but uh, he he had a very you know he was a he had a he he had an impact on many other people, including uh, someone like me. Um, you know, during times when maybe we didn't have support at the synod, that maybe we might have wished we had to encourage young men um, like myself to consider wanting to to continue to. Uh, uh, go down that path to be campus pastors, and in fact, his successor there, David Kind, um, was one of his students. So uh, I'm just glad that you had such a tremendous group of of uh, you know, and and in Dr. Nagel and, and John Pless uh, as a vicar. Uh, man, you've got to have some stories about him as a vicar. <laughs> <laughs> Your show is not nearly long. <laughs> <laughs> but that must have been just a wonderful time to learn and grow and reflect. And, you know, I always say that colleges are incubators of ideas and, you know, good, bad and everywhere in between. And you had questions and there were there, there were people there um, to lovingly challenge you with helping to teach you and to kind of groom your groom you in terms of coming to the conclusions that you did. Right. I mean, how beautiful is that? That's what it's all about. It, it was among the most wonderful things that the Lord has ever done for me. Oh, thanks be to God. What a, a great story of how campus ministry, bringing the word to students 
uh, has made such a difference here. Bob, you were ready to to find all the, the the faults of Lutherans, but in the end, you found out that you couldn't even number them. So <laughs> now he knows that now he knows there are none. <laughs> <laughs> there are none. <laughs> what? Marcus, and Bob, you can chime in on this too. What are some misconceptions about what campus ministry needs to be? I mean, you've already mentioned earlier that it it happens locally. Are there misconceptions about what campus ministry needs to be? And then we'll talk about what it really is. I know we've only got a few minutes left. Well, I mean, I would just say that one of the biggest myths of campus ministry is that you have to have a building. Um, Another myth is that... uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's great to have buildings, um, especially as close to campus. And that was the, as what historically people did was they bought up land as close to the campus as you could get, belly up to the academic beast and, and have a presence there. But there's ways of creating presence without that. Um, another another myth about misconception about um, well, college students in general is that they're not capable of really being handed over the reins of doing things themselves or being ch- being church in the sense of things that we have other people in our more traditional churches do. For instance, when I was a campus minister at the University of Wyoming, I had three or four deacons in, in a year, and usually three of them, I weren't, they weren't old enough to have a beer with legally. Um, and it's like, what? How could you have a deacon that's not even of age? Well, it was an incredible laboratory to teach them what it means to be church, and these were the these were some of the I would put these these guys up against anyone in terms of their understanding, their ability to learn, their desire to grow, and in the end, and in the end, um, the bottom line is, uh, I actually would put my money on the young people um, who are given the chance to have the bar raised for them. And to reach up to it, and I've I've always believed that, going back to my days when we founded Higher Things or any other things that I've ever done, um, I believe that we can raise the bar for young people, and I've never raised it high enough. They couldn't keep keep, keep saying you can go a little bit higher, you know, give it to me straight, high octane Lutheranism. So don't underestimate young people, young adults, don't. no, and don't. and and set high expectations for them. And uh, they they may live up to them. Absolutely, Bob. Anything you want to add to that about what uh, either misconceptions uh, about campus ministry or what campus ministry really is? Well, I think Marcus said it well. But let me just add: never underestimate the Holy Spirit and the way that He makes things bring light out of darkness. It's it's at times when we don't know what's going on that that we can trust most completely. In his in his guidance. Hmm. Well, Marcus, uh, how do you want to to wind down this final broadcast episode of the Student Union? I know there may be more podcast episodes in the future. How do you want to well, wind I down just, this I final just broadcast? Want to, uh, I just want to thank uh, thank you, Andy, for uh, believing in me all these five years and, and putting up with my uh, having literally. Uh, I was always told people I am a. Uh, uh, a, a semi-trained non-professional <laughs> dealing with the whole chancellor shtick um, and that that uh, level of uh, simultaneously uh, serious and silly at the same time. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, Bob, for uh, 
being being a wonderful mentor in uh, the job that you're doing in the Office of National Mission. This pandemic isn't easy on any of us. Um, the people that I have had a chance to work with at the Senate are top notch, um, especially in the office I've been privileged to work in, and you are among them. And so I have no doubt that and going forward, we will not only do everything that we can to continue to help people make disciples for life and continue that emphasis, but also um, find ways to champion the cause for those that uh, that need to remain as disciples and be groomed in their discipleship on, on the college campuses of our nation. I look forward to working with both of you in the future in whatever capacity and however that works out. Bob, anything you want to add as we wrap up today? Amen. The Lord bless you and thank you for these years up till now and the continued work that we all look forward to in the in the Lord's kingdom and particularly with you, Marcus, and the vineyards that the Lord prepares for you. Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help. <laughs>